everybody. Welcome or welcome back to the Fuel Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. We want to thank all of you that give generously to this ministry. It's because of your giving that this ministry is possible. To give, you can visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. All right, let's jump into the word. Are you ready? If you got your Bibles, Matthew 16, 18, this series is based on this scripture. Jesus said this, I will build my church. Notice it's his church. Notice he doesn't say I will build the church. He says my church. He takes it very personal, right? And the gates of hell will not overcome it. You know, Christianity is really about the gathering of his church. And the church, it's you and I. It's you and I. I want you to look to the left and see the church. And then I want you to look to your right and I want you to see the church. Yeah, we are the church. Collectively, we are the hands and feet of Jesus here on earth. Amen? We are the church. You say, well, well, I thought we go to church. Well, we do come to a building that is called Fuel Church. But how many of you know this building is drywall and brick and mortar and all the technology? And um, it used to be, you know what it used to be? An electronic store. Some of you bought your TV here. Come on now. Some of you still got it in your basement. You bought your refrigerator, your oven here. We bought a lot of TVs in this place. Now, what made it the church then? Well, what made it the church is when you and I showed up. We are the expression of God's love here on this earth, church. And wherever we go, the church goes. And we are the church that Jesus is building, and he loves his church. He takes it very personal. Actually, he says he's coming back for his church. He's coming back for his bride without spot and wrinkle. We got to get the spots out and the wrinkles out. And the only way to get them out is to apply heat. And that's why you're here today. Come on, say, Pastor, bring the heat. (laughs) Actually, I don't bring it. The Word brings the heat, right? The Word is what irons things out. The Word is what gets the spots out of our lives. And Jesus is coming back for you and I, his church, his bride. We got to get ready, church, right? Are you with me today? And when I think about the church, Fuel Church, I go back to seven years ago when this wasn't a reality. And we were praying, what would this church look like? And what, what, what would it feel like? And who are the people we would reach? And can I just tell you right here that I never dreamed the church would look like this. I never dreamed the impact we would have in such a short time of seven years. I never dreamed that we would cross 10,000 salvations in seven years, church. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome. Lives being changed. Never dreamed it. My faith was out there, but I just didn't have that kind of faith to believe what we're seeing now. I mean, people finding freedom from addiction, hundreds of people going on that journey from marriages being restored to families being healed. Think about the community impact we've had in Kokomo and Westfield and really throughout the whole state. I mean, you were just a part of relieving medical debt for families who couldn't afford to pay that medical debt because of circumstances in their life. You impacted 1,600 homes just one month ago. You did that for people who may never step foot in this church, right? That's the love of God, right? 
That's the impact we're having. And then just to think about our campuses now in Pakistan. There's actually three campuses in three different villages. And so Gabriel gave the number about 1,400. That's all three of them combined. But isn't that amazing that we're having impact around the world? Come on, let's get thank God for the impact this church you are making. Come on, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that they let me be a part of it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for letting me be a part of it. And when we started Fuel Church, we had some biblical principles that were very important to us because we found them important to God in his word and how he would build the church. And these principles are something that we still hold on to as we partner with God in building his church. So this series that we're in, my church, this series is really a reminder to us. It's a reminder to the people of Fuel of the church that Jesus desires to keep building. When we started this church, we seen a church. We seen a church where people found a relationship with God instead of religion. Can I get a good amen right there? Religion will wear you out. Relationship will refresh you. That's the church we seen based on re relationship, not religion. We've seen a church that was life-giving, where living for God was no longer out of duty, but out of delight. So in order for people to be in a vibrant relationship with God, serving him out of delight in a life-giving environment, what would we need to have in order to continue that? Well, that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk today about passion. Somebody say passion. Somebody say, my church is passionate. One more time. My church is passionate. Go ahead and put that in the chat. Come on, say, my church is passionate. Let's go to Matthew's gospel, chapter 15. This is Jesus speaking. And he says this, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Notice Jesus is not talking to lost people. He's not talking to unsaved people. He is talking to the church. He's saying, hey, hey, you, you know, you, you go about all these things, but your heart isn't really in it. Like, like you're attending church, you're, you're partaking of communion, you may be serving in the church, but your hearts are, I don't see your passion. So what Jesus is saying is that there will be a generation that loses their passion. Like they're still showing up to church, still going through the motions, still reading their Bible, but they do not enjoy it. That's a sad place to be as a Christian that you're saved, you know you're saved, you still have that relationship with God, but you really don't enjoy it? Do you know that your relationship with God is to be enjoyed? Amen. Some of you don't know that because your view of God is causing you to believe that he's this mean God up in heaven ready to just knock you out when you sin. Come on, now you have a loving heavenly father. He wants to be experienced, right? And that's why we come here. We experience God here collectively. The Bible's very clear to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as some have. And it goes on to say, as we see the day of Christ approaching, meet much more than you have been meeting. Some must say much more. much more, much more. Yeah. 
more. We need more of God, more of his presence, not less of it. As we see the signs of the times, we need more passion. Somebody say passion. Need to know that church was never meant to be boring. Church was never meant to be a place where you take your Sunday afternoon nap. Come on, somebody. You can't take a nap in these services. You can't. (laughs) We wake you up. We actually have zappers in the seats. You didn't know that. Some of you know that because, yeah, you get zapped every week. But uh, this is called to be a gathering of passionate, on fire. Someone say fuego. Come on now. Oh, my Spanish people. Let's go. Fired up for Jesus and his church and what he's done for us. We didn't deserve it. Grace, I got what I did not deserve. Mercy, I didn't get what I deserved. Man, we should be some of the most passionate people. This should be the loudest house on the block. Come on now. And I have to be honest. I have a few pet peeves. Do you have some? I just get to share mine with the whole audience. But um, one of mine is people who have been saved, been delivered, given their life to Jesus Christ, but they have no passion about it. They have no passion. They lack passion. And the funny thing is, we get excited about a lot of things in our life, don't we? I can tell what you're passionate about by what apps you go to on your phone. I can tell what you're passionate about by looking at your checkbook. Because where your money goes, it tells us, oh, you're passionate about that Chipotle bowl. Come on, somebody. Yeah, I see some of you passionate about that Starbucks. Sippy sip on that pumpkin spice. You're passionate about it. And so everybody is passionate about something. Uh, a couple weeks ago, um, I was at the uh, Notre Dame home opener game and, uh, you know, watching God's team play. And, uh, you know, you know there's, a, there's a mosaic on the side of a building and Jesus is standing. They call it Touchdown Jesus. I mean, it's the only stadium that I know of that has Jesus overlooking the team while they play. I think that's pretty powerful. <laughs> And we were at this game, and I'll tell you what, these people were out of their minds passionate about their team. I seen grown adult, grown men with their faces painted. I mean, screaming, shouting, jumping. They're not looking around wondering, I wonder what our, my neighbor's going to think about this. I wonder what she's going to think or he's going to think. There, the stadium was packed. The lines were packed. You had to wait 45 minutes just for a hot dog, y'all. You had to wait at least 15 minutes for the restroom. I mean, it's packed and and people have all their game gear on and people are ready and they're giving about a seven to eight hours of their day to be at this game and they were losing their minds over some 19 and 20 year old men in tights chasing around a cowhide football. Come on now. I'm not going to give more praise to a football and men in tights than I am my Savior who bled upon that cross. No, 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 no. And as I looked around, I I told Gabe, I said, I took him to his first college game and he loved it. I said, man, what if the church was like this every Sunday? You come in with your face paint, your fuel gear, hope dealer shirt. Come on, I'm ready, pastor. I dare you to take the pulpit. We're about to throw these chairs around here. We're fired up for G Team Jesus. Touchdown. Come on. We need to stir up the passion, church. It's time. 
It's time to stir it up instead of coming into church every week like your pet goldfish just died. Come on, somebody. You need to come in stirred up. A lot of times we come into church as if God never sent his son to that cross. We come in with this passionless praise. It's time to stir up the passion. I said it's time to stir up the passion. It's time to stir it up to let the world know, to let our community know what we have is worth giving our lives for. We're all in with Jesus. When you're about a team, you're all in with that team. Win or lose. Win or lose. We didn't start the season out good. We were 0-2. We looked horrible. But I'm with my team, win or lose. Come on now. I'm with the church, win or lose. Win or lose, come on, we're all in for God's church and God's kingdom. We're all in for you. We want to see you win. We want to see you succeed in your marriage. We want to see you beat that addiction. We're going to walk with you. We're all in. The Bible says, I'm getting fired up, excuse me. I'm a little passionate today. I will. Romans 12, 11, look at this. Never. Somebody say never. never. Christians should never be lack. You're going to go and watch the Colts play. No, they already played. You're going to go and watch some team play today, and you're going to lose your mind over it. When's the last time you lost your mind over Jesus? My God, he's been so good to me. He's blessed me so much. I don't even know what to do. I got so much coming in that I just need to bless somebody else. When's the last time you had that kind of passion. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Notice it says, keep it. Somebody say, keep it. There's some things you got to do to keep it. There's some things you got to do to keep it. You got to keep adding the wood onto the fire to keep the passion alive. Same way in your marriage. Some of you ain't went out on a date for, since you can remember with your spouse. 20 years since you've been on a date, you better start dating your spouse or somebody else will. I'm here to help you. Come on out to Fortified next week too. That's going to help you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you got to keep the passion alive in your marriage. You got to keep it alive. You got to keep dating your spouse. You got to keep buying flowers and cards. I know the cards are $8.50. I have trouble with it too, man. I struggle every time, but I know she needs that. Pray for me. Hmm? Keep, keep the wood on. And some of you are saying, man, it's just, I, I just got a little coal left is about it. I used to be on fire. I used to be blazing for Jesus, but life happened and this happened to me and I, I lost my spiritual passion and fire. But even if you got a little ember, it can come back. Oh, I'm reminded of that. The other day I had a fire at night and I woke up the next morning and I'm out by my fire and I threw some more wood on and all of a sudden, boom, the fire came back because there was just a little coal still alive down there. And I'm telling some of you today, there's a little coal still alive and God's going to breathe on that by his Holy Spirit and he's going to give you that passion back that you once had. Come on, can I get a good amen? Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because Christianity... Christianity was intended to be one of the most passionate things you do. Come on now. You get more passionate about your kids' sports teams than you do Jesus. I'm here to talk to somebody today. We, we put our kids' sports teams, and now sports are every day of the week, and 
you know, a lot of people are worshiping at the feet of sports every Sunday. Now, y'all ain't going to help me today. It's okay. I'm feeling good with this Christ thing. It's good. Huh? And we show more passion to that. Not against sports at all. My kids are in them, but not on Sunday. Not on, that's just our rules. Not on Sunday. Why? Because as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're passionate about it. And I'm here to fan the flame inside of you. Jesus was passionate. Did you know that? I know Hollywood makes him out to be this weak, come on, person. You ever seen a painting of Jesus? He always looks so malnourished and like his face is sunk in and his fingers are like, Jesus had, pat. listen, Jesus was so fired up. The Bible says that the disciples had to pry kids off of him. He was so excited to be around. You know you got to be excited. He's pulling out candy out of his Jerusalem robe. Come on, somebody. And he's like, come here, kids. Here's some candy. And the disciples are prying kids off of Jesus because he was full of passion and zeal. He came into the church one day. He did. Jesus showed up to church one day. And he said, what's all this going on? Y'all turned my church into a marketplace. And he kicked out all these people buying and selling and trading. And he, he got very passionate because... He, he was saying, this, my house is, is not intended for this. So passionate that he started yelling. And the text says he made a whip, actually. And he started whipping the tables, not the people, but the tables. Get out of here. Because he was so passionate about his house. And the disciples said this in John 2.17. Then his disciples remembered this prophecy from the scriptures. So here's Jesus showing this passion for his house. It says this passion for God's house will consume me. They remember those words of Jesus that the son of God had a passion for the house of God. It fired him up. It fired him up. And so they saw his passion and I, I, I never want to be a church that loses our passion. Amen. I believe we're a passionate church, but how many know we can always step it up? How many know we can always do more? The Bible says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. It doesn't say I was sad when they said unto me. I was mad when they said unto me. So some of you are going to have to notify your face every Sunday that you're glad to be here because we're not sure. We're not sure if you're glad to be here or not. Come on, everybody just smile real big. Like, show off those teeth, whether they're white, yellow, whatever, just... I got some yellow too. It's all good. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. So let's get into this. Uh, there are three areas of passion that we've held dear for these last seven years that we'll continue to. There are three areas that Jesus actually talked about in scriptures. And so as he's building this church, uh, he is the general contractor and we get to be the laborers in helping build his church. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. And so there are three areas and three areas we built this church on. And these three areas also um, can, we can easily become lukewarm in these three areas. We, we easily can become lukewarm. So as, as you're here in these different areas, I want, you, I want you to ask yourself, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? And the first passion that we've held dear to uh, when we launched Fuel Church and we still do is a passion for prayer passion for prayer. I want you to say that with me. A passion for prayer. One more time. A passion for prayer. 
Most people think prayer is boring and you should just kind of bow your head and be real quiet and somber. There are times of prayer like that. But when I look in the scripture, especially in the book of Acts, it says they raised their voices together to pray and the place they were at, the church, was shaken. There was an excitement in their prayers. I mean, if you were here on first Thursday, you felt it, you seen it. There was something different in the house on Thursday. We taught on prayer. Our whole emphasis was on prayer. And I, I walked you through the Lord's prayer. And then we had our prayer team up front and God was moving. Lives were being changed. And there was just an excitement here. Amen. That's the way prayer should be. That's the way prayer should be. Matthew's gospel, talking about the same story that Luke was when Jesus came in and drove out the money changers. Matthew says this, it is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer. These are the words of Jesus, but you are making it a den of robbers. What does he want his house to be? House of prayer, a house of prayer. Jesus wants his church to be a church of prayer. Prayer has always been a passion here, and I'm so excited that now we have small groups, prayer small groups that we have just started, and we have many opportunities for people to get prayer in all our services, and we're going to continue building our prayer ministry here. There's some new things coming up in uh, the new year, and every year in January, we go on 21 days of prayer and fasting. Come on now. How many are ready to give up the donuts and the, yeah, you ready? Here we go. It's coming. I'm prepping you now because here's what I do know. Here's what I do know. Every year of our church, we've set aside these 21 days and every year without fail, without fail, God moves in our lives and God moves in our churches and our our campuses. And it sets the course for that entire year, for your life and for our church. And we see so many breakthroughs, so many miracles happen when we gather together. How many know there's power and unity that when we gather together as a church? Now, last year we had about 250 of you go on that journey with us and actually prayed and fasted and came out to our worship nights. My vision this year, I'm believing for 500 people to go on the journey, the 21 days of prayer and fasting. We'll be talking about it more. Don't get too nervous right now. We'll, we'll fill you in on all the details. Eat your holiday cookies and all that stuff. Come on now. And if you eat them at church, the calories are the Lord's. James says this in James 5, 16, the effectual fervent, somebody say fervent, passionate prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effectual fervent. And I'm so glad that I was raised in a church that believed and taught me how to pray taught me how to pray. And, um, how many, how many were raised in a church and you all have prayer services? Come on. Like Tuesday night, we had prayer service, right? And you gather and you'd pray. And, uh, usually at the end of the prayer service, everybody come up front and you'd join hands, right? And sometimes the circle would be a little smaller. Not, not many people feel that prayer is their spiritual gift. <laughs> come on, somebody. that's a joke. Um, Prayer is really not a popular thing. When you start talking about prayer, people just, I I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't know how to do it. But uh, we would be gathered in the circle. And I remember when I was younger in that circle and, you know, um, they would say, all right, you're going to grab your neighbor's hand. And when, when your neighbor squeezes your hand, it's your turn to pray out loud. I was like, oh no. 
these people intimidate me. Like, I don't know anything about the gospel. And so the first couple of times I, someone squeezed my hand and then I just went, boom, right to the next person. <laughs> Pass it on. <laughs> hand off. <laughs> I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> and then I begin to re- realize this whole little prayer circle thing. There, there was a trick to it. Here's what's the trick. You, you, you didn't want to go last in the prayer circle. Because if you went last, everybody already prayed everything. And then you run out of stuff to pray for. And I, I, I'm just a young man. And, and, and so I remember the first time I stepped out and I was like, all right, I'm not going to hand it off this time. I'm actually going to pray. And I was one of the last ones. And so all, all I said was, God, you're good. God, you're awesome. Man, God, you're so good. God, you are awesome in this place. You're really, really good. Squeeze. <laughs> You don't know what to say, right? And so anyway, this is, you know, something funny for you. But here's what I want you to get. Here's what I want you to get. We need to make prayer our first response, not our last resort. As a church, as an individual, when storms of life hit, we need to go to prayer first. We need to go to God's book first instead of Facebook first. We're so quick to post what we're going through. And that's fine. We're so quick to go to somebody else. And that's fine. But let's go to God first. Let's go to God first. And as a church, I'm calling us to put him first in our prayer life. There's something we're working on in January. i just let you know it's a prayer guide booklet. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to walk you through a bunch of the prayers in Scripture, how to pray. And some of you, you're going to be taught for the first time how to have a prayer life. And so we're working on that, and we'll hand that out in January. But also connected to that is a Pray First app. Somebody say Pray First. I have it on my phone right now, and it has a lot of different prayers on it. It's absolutely free. Go to the App Store. Uh, Thanks to Church of the Highlands, they provide that resource and the booklet for us. And so there's a couple tools for you. All right? Someone say passion for prayer. Wow. I like that, Lord. There's passion in the AC unit. The second thing, the second thing uh, we see in scripture and we've held on to dear in this church is a passion for praise and worship. Someone say passion for praise and worship. Come on, let me get everybody passionate about that. Somebody say passion for praise and worship. We just refused when we started Fuel Church to have worship that was dead and dry and boring because that's not the God we serve. That's not that we, we, we're going to serve our God and we're going to be loud about it. Come on, somebody. We're going to be unashamed of the gospel. We don't care who hears us. We got a reason to praise and we're going to lift our voice. We're going to sing most of us off key, but we're still going to sing. Come on, somebody. And Psalms is very clear. The book of Psalms says things like clap your hands, all you people. Come on, everybody do this. Come on, just clap. Watch it online. Clap. The Bible says, shout unto God. Everybody shout. Say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're sounding good today. And it says things like, lift your hands in the sanctuary. Sing unto the Lord a new song. And so these are all expressions of our faith. So the team up here is not up here to perform. This isn't performance. No, they're presence driven. We want to create an environment and an atmosphere for the presence of God to meet us here. Because let me tell you, it's his presence you long for. It's his presence that changes you. And we want that to fall in this place every time we meet. And so 
I know what some are saying. Well, I think we should just calm down a little bit and be more reserved in our worship, more conservative in our worship. No, we are passionate about the one who bled and died for us and delivered us. We didn't deserve it. He didn't have to, but he took my place. I can't help but to praise him. I can't help but to thank him. And I don't care what others think about me. Jesus said it this way in Mark's gospel. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your passion, with all your soul, and with all your mind and with all your strength. That sounds passionate to me. Love the Lord with everything that you have. Well, 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 I just don't like the song choice, you know, and and I I prefer him or her leading and not them. And it's too loud sometimes and it's too quiet sometimes and it's too slow. It's too fast. Newsflash, worship was never about us. It's all about him. It's all about, he is worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our worship. It's not about us. And I want to encourage some of you for the first time to take your praise and worship to another level. For some of you, you never sang the words that are on the screen. So I'm going to encourage you to step out and start singing them because something happens when we sing them. We sing them unto our God to give him praise, but it also builds our faith when we sing those words of faith. They help us in whatever we're facing in life and the moments when you come in and your head's down and you're in a storm and you've had a tough week is the very moments I've found in my life that I need to engage in praise and worship because it's that presence that I need to fall down upon me. And those are the moments when I push past my flesh and my thinking and I don't feel like worship. I don't feel like singing this because I'm going through this or that. Those are the moments where breakthroughs happen. Come on, church. This is not about us. Our pride needs to die. What others think about us needs to die. Our thoughts of needing to be perfect to worship God need to die. We're imperfect worshiping a perfect Savior. The people who have their hands lifted don't live sinless lives. They just have the revelation that God is much better to me and he's so good to me and I don't deserve it. I can't help but to shout. I can't help but to lift my hands for all that he's done for me. Excuse me while I get my praise on. Come on now. Here's what I want you to know. We give God what he deserves, not what we feel. We give him what, we, what he deserves, not what we feel. And I love Psalms 22, 3. It says, God inhabits the praises of his people. It means he rests in the praises. He, in the Hebrew, it means he sits upon, he dwells upon the praises of the church. So the praises go up, the presence falls down. The praises, the worship goes up, the presence of God. He desires to meet with you on an intimate, personal level every time you worship him. Hmm? I uh, was running across some pictures and very interesting that most of our Air Force bases in this country 
Um, if you've ever lived by an Air Force base or uh, been by one, you know that they're very loud because all the planes and the training that happens. And uh, I discovered that on most of these Air Force bases, there is this sign. And this sign says this. It says, pardon our noise. It's the sound of freedom. Oh my gosh. Pardon our noise. It's the sound of freedom. And I thought about that concerning the church. And I thought about you on a Sunday as we're praising and people are shopping at the Sam's Club and the Walmart and the Meyer. Come on. And they're getting their chili cheese dog over at the Sonic. And I thought about it. I thought about, do they hear the sound of praise? Do they hear the sound of freedom? Because I'm looking at a bunch of people who've been set free by our Savior. I'm looking at a bunch of people who's chains have been broken pardon our noise this is the sound of freedom it's the sound of freedom oh come on now i'm out of time but i have one more will you stay for it okay passion for people is the last thing so we got a passion for prayer we've always put prayer first. We have a passion for praise and worship. It's got to be presence driven. We have a passion for people. And this is number one on God's list. It's number one on God's list. And we just never believed we should be a church just for church people. We just never believed that we're called to be some exclusive club where we all look the same and dress the same. We just never had a vision for that. We're not some exclusive club just for Christians to attend where we are insider focused and just concerned with who's here and who's saved and not caring about who's out there and who's lost and our friends and our family and our coworkers. But we want to care about people. Somebody say people. God cares about people. God cares about people. The people that you don't like. The people that hurt you, God cares about them. The people that you don't want to be here, God cares about them. The people that don't look like you, the people that don't act like you, the people who are bound by addiction, God cares about them. God loves them. And so does this church. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. That's everybody. That's all people. No matter your background, no matter your race, no matter where you came from, church background, no church background, God so loved you that he gave his only son, that if you put your faith and you believe in him, you will not perish, but you'll have everlasting life. And if God is passionate about people, then we must be passionate about people because everyone is important to God. No one escapes his sovereign love and attention. All people of all races, both young and old, from different backgrounds of life, everybody, no one is left out of God's family. No one, no one. And we are determined to do anything, anything short of sin to reach people for Jesus Christ. Anything, whatever, whatever it takes, because we're the neighborhood hope dealers. Did you forget that? We are the neighborhood hope dealers. And if you don't have the shirt, go get it. <laughs> Shameless plug. Why? Why are we passionate about people because everybody needs a savior. Everybody needs mercy. Like you got mercy and grace. Everybody needs another chance. Are you thankful for your another chance and another chance and another one and another one? Uh, 
I'm out of time, but I just want to tell you, we're obsessed with reaching people. That's why we're about to do at the movies in a few weeks. We're going to see more people come to salvation in Jesus than any other time. For five years, we've done at the movies. At the movies, the purpose of it is for unchurched people. We're, we're, we're spending a lot of money, thousands of dollars. You already gave the money for the popcorn and the Cokes. Thank you. And we do it for one purpose, to reach people who are far from God so that they come in and they experience something different. Oh, movie? Yeah, I'll come out. Popcorn and Cokes? Yeah, come out. Popcorn and Cokes. Come on out. It's on me. It's on the house. 751 people said yes to Jesus just in our At The Movie series in the last five years. That's why we do it. For people. Christmas services, they're going to be beautiful and we're going to reflect on the birth of our Savior and you're going to have moments where you just feel connected to Jesus like never before. But it's for people that are far from God. They're, they're, they're more likely to say yes to your invite than any other time of the year. Their hearts are open around the holidays. That's why we see the most people get saved in these last couple months of the year than any other time of the year. And so I want to let you know that God wants to use you to reach people. Throughout the movies, through those invites, start inviting, start praying. The invite cards are out there and let's reach people for Jesus. It's why we do what we do with all the community outreaches and why we're reaching Pakistan now. And my prayer is that each of us would have such a burden for God's lost and hurting kids that we would begin to pray intentionally, write down our unsaved friends and family members that we're believing to get saved and to come into the kingdom and that we would actually invite them out to sit by us in this season of at the movies and Christmas services and all that. And that we would keep having an eternal perspective knowing that time is running out. And our purpose is to make heaven a bigger place. 1,348 souls this year because God loves people and so do we. I'm trying to tell you this. Remember, a life not lived for others is not a life. Start living for others. Start living for what God is passionate about. Passion in prayer. Passion in praise and worship. Passion for people. My church, somebody say, my church is passionate. One more time. My church is passionate. Bow your heads with me. Close your eyes all over the auditorium. I want to invite somebody to know Jesus today. The greatest privilege of my life is to lead people in this sinner's prayer. Every single service. You're watching online. If you're far from God, I want to include you in this prayer. You say, man, I've gone too far. I don't know if God loves, he loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his son to die for your sins. He's waiting for you to just reach out and say, I receive you. I receive you as my savior. You're here today and you're far from God, or you may be here and you're a Christian, but you've fallen away. And today is your day to recommit your life to Jesus. Whatever the case is, you're here in person watching online. I'm going to invite you to say this prayer in just a moment. We're not here to embarrass you, to make you stand up or anything like that. But if you're here and you say, Jacob, that's me. I need Jesus for the first time, or I need to rededicate my life. Just throw up your hand all over the auditorium. Come on. Hands are popping up everywhere. Yep. Yep. Thank you for those hands online. Raise your hand in the chat there. Come on. Awesome. You're making a great decision today. I'm so proud of each and every one of you. 
So proud of you. Let's all say this prayer with them. Say, Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. I repent of those sins and I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Somebody put your hand together. Come on, let's... Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You can take a screenshot, post it on your social media, and tag us. If you ever have the opportunity, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings. For more information on our locations and service times, please visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey. See you next week.